So for me, it was more so like, I am not your cotton picker. I'm just not her. And I'm not the one to sit and bow down to your conformity and walk the way you want me to walk and talk the way you want me to talk and move the way you want me to move. So in my head, I was done. I was absolutely done. What's up, co-workers? Hey, y'all. So, let's get right into it. If you have a fuck you, you know what to do. Send them to us here at blackatworkpod at gmail.com, or you can write in to our website, blackatworkpod.com, or hit us up on socials at blackatworkpod everywhere. So, this is not a fuck you, but this is a question from Daniel. Daniel says, would you all ever consider having someone white on the show to share their experience? I have a white friend who I think would be a great guest. She is as quote unquote woke as she could possibly be being white. And I think it would be a good contrast to your regular guest. What do you ladies think? I know this space is for us, but would you consider an alternate point of view? An alternate point of view would be cool, but like you said, this space is for us. I kind of feel the same way about that Chelsea Handler documentary that we watched last summer and talked about on the show, how it was such a good documentary. She was going around like unpacking her own inner racism and all of that shit. And it was great. It was great. But only Black folks was watching it. So it really didn't do anything like it didn't change like a whole bunch of white people didn't come out oh my god now I see the light like oh wow like no we weren't her audience but the show was heavily marketed towards black people and I feel the same way about this I'm sure lovely woman who has an experience we're not her audience I suggest that she finds the whitest show that she can related to work and go on there and tell them motherfuckers about (laughs) the black experience. And I mean, if she's so woke, at the end of the day, we know what it's like to work with us. We know what it's like for us at our jobs. We don't need somebody that's not us to come on here and, and share that with us. What we would need for real is for her to share that with her white counterparts so that they can hear a alternate point of view because it's not really alternate over here. We know what the fuck's going on at work. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Anessa? Actually, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> um, I had my. I was going to say that. I actually that I think that would be dope. But now that you've actually laid that all on the line and just broke that down for us, you're right. I think she does need to go to her. That's correct. She needs to go to her white counterpart. She needs to go to y'all's co-workers and be an advocate for us. Let them see somebody white telling them if she's so woke, let them know. You know what I mean? Right. We already know what we're going through. You're right. We, we know what we're going through. I mean, unless she has a story that's going to be like, yeah, Susie was in the office and Susie told Tamika this and then I jumped in and had Tamika's back. <laughs> if it was like that type of story, okay. But I mean, Dana read that perfectly, y'all. 
I, so, I mean, even if she has a story like that, tell your white friends, tell the white folks, uh, you know, how you had Tamika's back and why you felt it necessary to have her back. Listen, I have a white friend that I have known since fourth grade and she was born woke because her parents was all with the shits and they still are. Anytime there's a protest going on in St. Louis and some injustice, her, her mom, her dad, her sister, they're all out on the front lines on some shit. Like she is my quote unquote woke white friend. And she is also very successful being a public school, inner city school teacher. However, (laughs) we don't want to know about her plight teaching black kids <laughs> like <laughs> i mean <laughs> tell that to your count so they can hear we already know the struggles of our school systems and all of that so i agree with you it would be a great contrast maybe our listeners could tell do y'all want to hear do y'all that's, that's a better yeah. idea yeah. Yeah. do y'all want to hear that hit us up on socials thank you thank you <laughs> <Let us know. laughs> oh that's funny all right, so Daniel, yeah, we love you, bro, but I think let's let's let the listeners decide, okay? So our next fuck you, this also is not a fuck you, but that's cool too. This comes from it's pronounced Renee Shea. Okay, girl, I'm glad you broke that down for me because when I looked at your name, I was like, how do I pronounce it? <laughs> so she broke it down. Okay. Renee Shea says, it's okay if y'all say my name. My man don't listen to anything but trap music. LOL. <laughs> Anyways, I got a situation, y'all. My boyfriend been asking me for weeks to get him hired at my job. And I can and I can because I'm good with the man that hires for my department. I don't want to do it, y'all. Don't get me wrong because I love my man, but I just don't want the drama. It's a lot of thirsty women at my job, for one. And secondly, I need my space from him at some point during my life, LOL. We already live together. He doesn't need a job. He's just trying to make more money and save us some gas because we share a car. I love my moments alone during my commute, and I just don't want to be annoyed with people at work knowing he's my man. How do I let him down gently? Or do y'all think I'm petty for not wanting him to work with me? This is really bothering me, and he just asked again. Any advice would help. Thanks, Renee Shea. Hi, Renee Shea. I'm going to give it a hard no on this. We have had guests on this show share very similar experiences. We had a guest who got her boyfriend a job at her job, and then he started dating another bitch there, and it was just all bad, all bad. Outside of that, though, because... I'm not trying to create any insecurities in you or anything like that. Like if your man start working, everybody don't want him late. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to say. Outside of you just not even wanting that type of drama, I too would want my peace, especially if we live together. It's not necessary that we share a job now. If he wants to make more money, I would highly encourage him to apply elsewhere. If that's the deal and that elsewhere could be close to your job so that you're saving gas and he's making more money, but my job would not be the solution. I would just say no. Yeah, I totally agree. 
I agree with you needing your space, especially if you already live with this man. I don't want to drive to work with you. I don't want to go to work, go to lunch, take a break with you, then ride home in two hour traffic. I don't know how long y'all commute is. Ride home into our two hour uh, traffic, trying to figure out what we're going to eat and then get home. And I got to be with you for the rest of the night and we wake up and do it all over again tomorrow. Mm. Saturday, Sunday, like, girl, when is the break? I love you, but when is the break? (laughs) When is the break? And it's not petty that you don't want your man to work with you. That's not petty at all. That's absence makes the heart grow fonder. So them eight hours, (laughs) tell your man, (laughs) tell your man, I need eight hours, nine hours, however long it is the day that I'm, you know, in a nice way, you know, if you need to put on some lotion on his bag, girl, and just tell him, babe, no. Or since it sounds like, you know, you're cool with your manager or whatever, sounds like you have some, maybe some tips to give him or even spice up his resume and, you know, apply for some jobs for him that might make him some more money to Dana's point so that he don't have to come work with you. So let him know, no boo, that's okay. But we, but what we'll do is we'll find you another job that's making more. So that way we can have gas money, child. Shit, right. Like, yeah, I would very much steer him away from that. Yeah, for sure. So let us know how that goes, um, because I'm definitely interested in how his response is going to be. Yeah. And we love the non-fuck you, fuck yous. Like, if y'all have questions or want to ask us shit like this, please write in. Yes. So thanks, Daniel and Renee Shay. If you have a fuck you or if you need advice, <laughs> please send them to us uh, or a question. Here at blackatworkpod at gmail.com to our email. You can go to the website and submit them, blackworkpod.com, or hit us up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at blackatworkpod. All right. Well, first of all, before we get into the water cooler, I want to give a shout out to one of our coworkers. Hey, girl. So I want to tell you all about a new clothing line that one of our listeners started. It's called the Professional Hood Rat. The line is designed for all of us that work in a corporate job, but still loves to bump to some trap music. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You can find them on Instagram at professional hyphen hood rat, Facebook at the professional hood rat, or just read directly over at their store, professionalhoodrat.com. Right now, they're celebrating Trump's defeat. Like the rest of us, they have a hella cute ass hoodie. I wear a size large. <laughs> if you want to send me one, <laughs> but go get your grabbed him by the ballot hoodies right now. She has hoodies and t shirts. And as a special promotion, our listeners get 20% off of their purchase with the code COWORKER20. So go out there, get you a hoodie, rock that shit, make all these Trump supporters piss on themselves when you go to Whole Foods with your grab them by the ballot hoodie on. (laughs) Right. And I wear a size large too, sis. So shout out to you that is so creative that is so dope i love to hear us you know we always talk about black entrepreneurship so definitely that's that's dope 
Definitely. And I want to be like Charlemagne. I want all my clothes to be made by black designers at some point. So I'm all about this. We always talking about circulating black dollars. Please let's support our brothers and sisters who are trying to create these things for us so that we can have our own shit. Because Louis Vuitton, I don't give a fuck. Chanel don't give a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, Gucci don't. Gucci don't give a fuck. <laughs> Even Gucci Mane distanced himself from Gucci after he finally got um their sponsorship after so many years. He was like, fuck them. So let's purchase our own shit. Go get you a professional hood rat ass hoodie and use that code. Coworker20. All right. So let's go ahead and get over to the water cooler, guys. Let's get this Trump bullshit out the way real fast. As we know, this nigga is refusing to leave the White House or accept defeat. As a matter of fact, his Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, had a press conference this past week and announced that these bitches are ready for another Trump administration. Somebody asked him, was they getting ready to transition over to a Biden administration? He's like, yeah, we're transitioning to a Trump administration. Bitch, how? I cannot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tiger, 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 Tiger Woods, y'all. This motherfucker been golfing with his little MAGA hat, looking pathetic. Mike Pence announced that he's going on vacation. And you got a long line of dickless Republicans pushing this voter fraud bullshit. Again, you bitches are dumb. If the votes are fake, then Trump's win in Alaska is fake too, bitch. Ivanka Trump gonna post on her social media that she is so happy that they called Alaska for Trump. Ah, uh-uh, bitch. We want those votes counted, bitch. Those three electoral college votes matter, bitch. <laughs> if the votes are fake, then why didn't the Dems make Joe Biden the president and make the House and the Senate the majority too? Think, bitches. Why are y'all so pressed? <laughs> because Ivanka, why would you get up there and embarrass yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, let me. Oh yeah, Trump won the three electoral votes. <laughs> That's Melania. I don't even know what you're saying. That's Melania. <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about our daughter. I mean, his yeah. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> My bad, y'all. No, no, fuck that. Say it like Melania was saying. <laughs> right. As a matter of fact, I'm still, uh, I'm still coming with uh, Melania energy. <laughs> My husband won three electoral votes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, it don't matter. He's still lost. Trump, leave. Okay? He is immature. He's a sore loser. I've said that already, but that's how I feel. Biden won. Biden won Georgia officially, I think, this week, bringing him past 300. I think he has, like, now, like, officially 309. So, sis, bruh, family, all of y'all, <laughs> even if he won <laughs> them three more, or even if he wins North Carolina, y'all still are not going to win. Sit down, pack your shit, get his wigs, get all your stuff, <laughs> get you hooked on phonics books, uh, Melania, get all of that. Get your <laughs> out. <laughs> Get out. You lost. Oh my God. 
it's a fair win at this point. I feel y'all don't 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 uh, go in on me on social media because I said I talked about Melania and y'all somebody drunk. It don't matter. They all a mesh uh pot of stew together. It don't matter. Girl, ain't they the same person? Meanwhile, over in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to say this bitch's name because he deserves public ridicule. His name is Richard Hopkins. He is a United States Post Service employee. And this bitch signed a sworn affidavit with allegations of voter fraud and went public through Project Veritas. So the United States Postal Service started investigating last week. Now they went back to this bitch a week later and he recanted the whole story talking about he doesn't know why he signed the false affidavit. So hopefully he goes to jail. Listen, Joe Biden is the next president and you bitches need to get that through your head. Fox News is fucking y'all up. Y'all out here putting y'all jobs on the line to lie for this bitch. And the post office is a good job, okay? Y'all are dumb. Accept this, just like we had to accept it four years ago. Y'all want to go on and on and on about the Constitution and rights and vote counts and the same thing that y'all wasn't even stunned in 2016. Please busy yourselves in another way, like practicing gymnastics off the side of the highway. Like do that instead. Fuck out of here. Do something just like Dana. You just like Dana said, just like how we had to swallow that pill four years ago. Y'all swallow the pill and accept that Joe Biden is the Joe Biden is the president. There's nothing that's going to change about that. All these antics and all of this voter fraud talk. I'm tired of it. Honestly, this is an old news story that y'all keep bringing up. And we've all all of us have moved on. Biden has moved on. He got his uh, task force together from coronavirus, trying to figure out how he can help the American people. Meanwhile, you sitting up here still trying to figure out how you can be on a second term, sir. No. This is our homeboy and homegirl, Ken and Karen. I don't know their <laughs> real names, but these are the white couple that went viral on social media. And they just want to let you bitches know something. And who's commander in chief? Joe Biden. The one that Trump can't defeat. Joe Biden. Who can fix the economy? Joe Biden. Joe Biden, baby. Okay, fuck out of here shout out to ken and karen see we just had some white people on the show <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that count friend but okay my next discussion guys this shit blew up on twitter and i'm i'm gonna have to break down the whole story to you guys so an elected public official dean browning he's out of pennsylvania he accidentally posted a tweet saying that he was a black gay man and Obama has never done anything for him and he feels that Trump would be a better president, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even going to read the tweet because it doesn't matter. What blew up Twitter was him tweeting this from his account. So a whole bunch of people started accusing him of 
faking accounts just to tweet as if they're black, which a lot of uh, Trump supporters do. They do that. And they accidentally forget to switch back to themselves and they get caught in these tweets all the time. So people started accusing him of doing so. So with the heat, he decided to screenshot his DMs to prove his story. Somebody DM this to him. And long story short, you guys, that somebody that DM'd him was Patty LaBelle's nephew. And <gasps> the plot twist of 2020, what the fuck? Now, Patty, I ain't got nothing to say here. I'm not finna clown you because my dumbass nephew is also a Trump supporter, but. What? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a Trump supporter, but he also does not vote. So I don't give a damn. But this blew up Twitter. Everybody was like, oh, boycott Patty Pies. Listen, listen. From, uh-uh. From- uh-uh. No, don't do Patty like that. That ain't got nothing to do with us, nephew. Don't do Patty. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't have control over my nephew. That nigga's his own nigga. Let Patty's Pies live. She probably didn't cut him off. She probably didn't call this nigga. You didn't embarrass me on Twitter. You No pies this Thanksgiving. Nigga. He probably can't come over this Thanksgiving. Because of this shit. So leave Patty alone. What the fuck? And bye, pie. That's all I got to say. Y'all can't be canceling these celebrities because of their association. We we can't we can't control our family members. You can't control what your uncle and your cousin and all these ignorant folks been doing. You can't control what they doing. Auntie Patty probably ain't got no Twitter, y'all. She probably, they probably had to call her publicist, probably call her girl, your nephew over here going in. She probably called him. <laughs> Boy, if y'all get off here embarrassing me, but y'all can't be canceling Patty because of her nephew's actions. Like, y'all have to sit down somewhere with that. There are people that support him, unfortunately. And some of these celebrities, family members, I'm sure support him that, that they don't, if she don't support him, then y'all shouldn't be canceling him. And that's on period. As you guys know, Beyonce announced that she is done with us bitches for a while. She's going to take a couple of breaks, uh, not a couple of breaks, but a long break to focus on motherhood and just being fucking queen of everything. So Blue Ivy decided she still wants to get paid. Mommy, you can rest, but I want to check. Blue Ivy at her very young age is narrating the Oscar award-winning short story by Matthew A. Cherry, Hair Love. And it is so cute to listen to her read. She's so smart and so well-spoken and so elegant with her words. I know that J&B are so proud of their daughter because I would be. I would be like, I would love if my daughter got an opportunity to do that and did it so well. It's a short story. If you guys want to go on Audible and look it up, Blue did her thing. She represented her parents well. And honestly, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Blue was very young and her hair was just, you know, being its natural black ass hair, so many of y'all black people included has so much shit to say about this baby's hair y'all was talking about this baby crazy talking about her parents crazy because of her hair so it's a beautiful thing to see this kind of come full circle now she's old enough to read a book to young black girls about accepting her hair so shout out to blue ivy you did that boo boo Shout out to Blue. She she eight years old, child, and, and got more accolades than I have ever had. I'm trying to 
Step up my game. <laughs> Shout out to Blue Baby. That she is iconic already. She's doing the thing. And don't be out here talking about people's babies because you don't know what's going on with their head. They mama not she, Beyonce probably tired of doing that girl hair. Some days I be tired of doing my baby hair. So mommies with daughters, you know. <laughs> It's a task to do a uh, baby hair. Shit. Girl. Put her ass on a headband in a minute. Let's go. But now she uh she flexing on y'all hoes because she's like, listen to me speak, bitch. <laughs> listen to me speak, bitch, with my long, natural, coily, black ass hair that grew out of my scalp because I allowed it to. And I didn't put any of that creamy crack on it like y'all's parents did, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right all right so our last story we're gonna touch on this corona shit because apparently we're headed towards another lockdown and honestly thank god because corona has been a motherfucker this year i when we first started talking about this it was like oh this disease it's so far away we don't know shit about it then i slowly started knowing people of people that had it then it hit my family and like Six members of my family got coronavirus. This shit is serious. I think the cases in Texas are up to a million at this point. Yes, one million. We've had more cases than any other country. We've had more deaths, over 230,000 deaths. Corona is getting real. And then they had a young boy who was 13 years old that passed away due to coronavirus and being forced to go back to school. He got corona from his school and he died 10 days later, which is fucked up. Nobody talked about it. He barely got any media coverage. Y'all are fucked up for keeping these states open. You know, the people don't have common sense. So you have to put laws in place to make people stay safe. Why are we not doing this? We're ending the lives of good people, people that, you know, were just out trying to help and got Corona, people at work getting Corona. Our coworker sent her baby to daycare and got Corona. This is fucking serious. I cannot stress enough how our government needs to buckle down. Well, Joe says he's doing this. Joe and Kamala, they have already had Corona press conference and shit, bitch. As soon as they get in office, we probably going to have a whole different America. And thank God, because this is a silly ass disease. It's a silly ass disease. Thankfully, all of my family members that have contracted it are now cured of it, but we don't know the after effects. We don't know how this is going to affect them in the future. And it's something that could have been addressed earlier so that we don't have the problems that we have today. And why is it that every other country uh, besides America, they're all back up and running and they're doing fine with little to no cases? Like, it makes no sense. Uh, but we do know the leadership that we've had is a part of that. Obviously, the people are not going to lock themselves up. People want to get out. People want to do things. Unfortunately, they don't have the willpower to stay at home and sit back and watch TV. People want to get out and do things. So I've been saying this. They opened up too soon and now they're going to have to shut everything down. Chicago is already the mayor, that black mayor. She already came out and said, y'all sit y'all asses down. Y'all can't go nowhere. And it's a wrap. It's it's crazy. I feel like everybody's about to 
get shut down again, which we all need to get shut down. 2020 was a wrap a long time ago. I don't even know why. Like, what's her name off Mean Girls? Why do you keep trying to make Fetch happen? Why do y'all keep trying to make 2020 happen? (laughs) It's not happening. Like, sit down. Let's get Auntie Kamala and Uncle Joe in the office. They already got their task force ready. They're ready to go. They got plans. Let them get in there. Get this shit under control. Then we can go out and do all the things that we want to do. But until then, wear a mask and stay at home. Try you guys' best because... One thing about Corona is Russian roulette. My mom got Corona from her pastor friend who got it from her sister. And that lady ended up dying. My mom survived. Thank God. But it's the people that's close to you. People are not getting Corona going out to Walmart and shit. People are getting Corona hanging out with people that they trust, people that they trust have not contracted the illness, people who are asymptomatic. Whenever you're around your family and you letting them hold your babies and they ain't got on no mask, like that is risky ass behavior. Stop it. Because like I said, this is a Russian roulette disease. This 13 year old boy died, but my 64 year old mother survived. Her 60 something old friend died. Like you don't know. You never know. So stop playing ball-headed games with your life and start to take this shit serious. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to be the one that's going to be on a ventilator or if you don't know if you're going to be the one that's going to just get a sore throat and then you're going to be done the next day and you still here. So like Dana said, it's Russian roulette. Like, don't play with your life. Like, this shit is serious, obviously. And we just need to do everything we can to to be able to make it to 2021, child. Right. Ain't that the goal? Don't y'all want to make it past this year? Because I oh, sure the fuck do. Oh, my gosh. I'm I so over this goddamn year. <laughs> I am, too. I pray every day. Lord, please, can I just make it to January 1st, 2021? I feel like if I do, if I do that, I made it. Girl, what? We all <laughs> made it. I would really feel like I accomplished something if I make it to that day. How about that? Because look, what the pastor say, some people, they didn't wake up and see. Okay. <laughs> you know you got to have the high on there. <laughs> That's going to be my energy on January 1st. Shoot, even January 2nd, jail. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for the water cooler. Let's take a break. Today for our Down to Business segment, we have Lupe, who is the owner of Encourage Life, and I'll get to the spelling of that later. She's been in corporate America for 14 years. She worked her way up to the executive boardroom and realized that they need her and she don't need them. Mood. So she started her own project management firm in 2018, helping small business with corporate growth strategies and business development. She decided to take what she learned from the rich and give it to the poor. Come on, Robin Hood. As as of late, she realized that teaching her community financial literacy is her protest. So she partnered with the largest financial institutions in North America and launched Encourage Life, a financial advisory firm. Their mission is to help families earn extra income, become properly protected, debt-free, and financially independent. She is on a mission to help millions of people make millions, and we are all about that. I'm finna get my notepad together. Come on, Lupe, with the notes. <laughs> hey, boo, hey. 
Hey, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much. So we know you've been in corporate for 14 years. Now, I know you have seen some craziness. So what can you share with us about your experience working in corporate? Listen, corporate America is one hot mess, right? Like we think that we're supposed to go to school, get these degrees, work our way up and kiss ass all day long just to make it to where we feel we're accomplished or where we think other people may see us accomplished, right? And so I followed that path. Um, I had some really great women in my life who just believed in me. Um, Contrary to popular belief, I don't believe that you have to go to college and get the degree. I got all of my experience in the field. Um, And so I worked my way up. I had people believe in me all the way there. But while I was working my way up, honey, um, these people are doing the most to get to where they need to be. And so for many, many years, I traveled the world um, teaching people um, the job that I was working at. Um, And there were a lot of people that traveled with me. Um, And while we were traveling, let me tell you this story. There was a young gentleman who had a wife at home, was elected to travel the world. We went to uh, Warsaw, Poland, right? Um, He was elected to travel, go and train um, some people. Why he found him a Polish sugar mama, got her caught up, got her (laughs) fell in love, fell in love, right? Fell in love. He was there for three whole months. He extended his stay three, four times, had this Polish woman going crazy over him, right? Running around Poland, um, you know, he's an American, right? So they was just like, oh my gosh, this man, he, and he was handsome, y'all. He was a handsome gentleman, right? So then this girl goes to America because now she's elected to, to travel to America. So she goes to America, finds out he's married, has a wife and a whole damn family. Oh my God. Girl, not love abroad. <laughs> or whatever, whatever the show. What is it called? Yeah. What's that show called where they, they Locked bring people abroad. over? That sounds like 90 Day Fiance. Yes, 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. <laughs> I got it mixed up with Look. love after lockup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. And then, you know, and I was friends with both. So why did I find myself in the middle of the drama? Oh, my God. All the way in the middle. Trying to make sure that my friend don't get her feelings hurt. Right. But not expose my other friend and let him know, let her know what he got going on. So I just kind of stayed out of it at the end of the day and was like, you know what, let me mind my business and continue to train these people like I'm supposed to be training these people. Right. <laughs> so let me tell the you. Black another one. So that was just <laughs> The black move, mind my damn business, right? So let me tell you That's another right. one. We went to India. We went to India, and this girl, she she was part of my team. Why she break her leg? She broke her leg on her way to the airport the day before, on her way home from work before we had to fly to India from Warsaw, Poland. So she breaks her leg. Uh, she she still gets on the damn plane. She still travels to India. She calls in for the first three days of work. Comes to work finally, right? Trains the people. Why is she fucking one of the uh, Indians at work with a broken leg? Wait a minute. Let's get this visual together. With a broken leg. With a broken <laughs> leg. I asked her. I said, how do you do that? I said, how would you do that? She said, I have one leg propped up. I said, no, you didn't. Oh no, bitch. Oh no. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> she had the legs popped up. She had a cast and everything on crutches and everything. A week into the training, she fucking handed what is wrong with your clumsy ass, ready to fall in love ass coworkers? <laughs> like, what's going on at this job? And what type of work did Listen. y'all do? What, what type of work was this? <laughs> so we worked. I worked um, in a call center. So I was the trainer of the call center. Very, very professional. Oh, very large company. I choose not to say. I choose not to say. <laughs> However, very reputable company, you know, but I guess they just wanted some love. I couldn't imagine myself, right? And so when this happened, I was like, I just couldn't imagine myself going out of the country, you know, and and falling in love with somebody from another country. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, right? But just going and finding love abroad in two weeks, like, it makes no sense to me, right? So I'm asking this girl, like, Okay, like, where do you see yourself? Because now she's in love, right? It's been a week. She in love, girl. I'm like, so where do you see yourself with this with this guy? Like, you got to go home to Warsaw? Like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, he's just there. He's just my fuck buddy for the three weeks I'm here. I was like, oh, my God. I got to go. I get, these people are not like me. <laughs> girl. These people are not like me. <laughs> wow. But so I, I just can't wrap my head around all... Well... Okay, call center. I get it. But I was about to say, baby, it's all you need to know. When she said call center, I was like, oh, okay, child. <laughs> exactly. But don't y'all know that these niggas just want some green cards? Like, anytime you go abroad, and, uh, and I've studied abroad, so I know. Anytime you go abroad, yeah, niggas gonna be trying to fall in love with you because they want to come back for that quote-unquote American dream that's sell- sold over there. Like, y'all bitches are stupid. In real life, in real ass, trill ass life. And she, and she was in love. She got her feelings caught up after she was just saying, you know, this is only supposed to be for these three weeks. Well, when she went home, now she's Facebook stalking because he had a whole Indian girlfriend. Girl, let me find out Indian niggas uh, got that pipe down. <laughs> And it's only <laughs> you know, you know one thing. I was like, I was like, so tell me what is it like? And she was like, you know, it's decent, it's okay, it's all right. But then I had another girlfriend who was in our Nicaragua call center. She moved from Nicaragua, moved to India. She's now an Indian citizen, and she has a whole husband in India. He takes care of her, though. Child must be nice. Well, look, I'm curious <laughs> to know. So with your experiences, your story, these stories that you got for days, child, what, tell us what was like the last straw you know, in corporate America that made you say like, you know what, this too much, sis, I got to go. Like, what, what was that for you? <laughs> you know, it was recently, actually, I was on a board call in a board meeting and there is this lady who she's just very privileged. And I was, I was presenting, I was telling my story, presenting for my team. And the way that I present, I look at my team as we accomplished something. So I say we a lot, right? We did this and we did that. And, and look at all of the things we've accomplished. This old heifer going to have the nerve to unmute herself and say, is this the work that such and such did? And I said, yeah, you're right. And she said, well, I love that we're saying we, but please give credit to the person who did the work. This is in the middle of my oh, Tuesday. Oh, no, right? bitch. Oh, no, bitch. Girl. Oh, no. 
in the middle of my presentation, right? So I'm at the, just the very beginning of the slide, the very, very beginning. I still have a ton of accomplishments. I still have some risks to, to call out, some dependencies to call out, some milestones to call out. What we going to do next week to call out? I had barely got to the second bullet point on the slide. So the call gets silent because, you know, in my head, I'm like, what the fuck did she just say to me? Like, I am grown. Are you telling me how to speak now? Like, and then, you know, we could see everybody because it's Zoom. Luckily, we're not in a boardroom anymore. So she, you should see her face. She unmuted, looked at the phone, said what she had to say, put her phone back on mute and looked down at her phone to just dismiss the whole damn conversation. So I'm looking at this, this computer screen and I'm just like every last word in in, in what I could think of went through my head. And I was like, what are you supposed to say? What, 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 like, what are you supposed to say? To, you know what I really wanted to say. I don't know if I could say it, but you know what I really wanted to say, right? Go ahead and, and say so, it. <laughs> you know, look, I, this motherfucking bitch, who the fuck does she think she's talking to, right? <laughs> and first of all, and first of all, I'm motherfucking grown. What do you expect me to say to you? Yes, the master? Like, you got me and everybody on this motherfucking call fucked up right now. That's exactly what I wanted to say to her, but I didn't. And the guy who's leading the call, he gonna say, uh, Lupe, you there? And I said, yeah, I'm here. And he changed the subject, you know, and he was like, okay, let's, let's talk about something else. Cause he knew I was, I, I didn't know what to say at this point. So I got on the phone with him after and he said, you know what? I think you did the right thing. And of course he thought I did the right thing. Right. Because he's like, right. just don't say nothing to this bitch. Right. He like, you just leave this bitch alone. Right. So he's like, I think you did the right thing. I said, look, my mom told me if I don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. But she has me all the way fucked up. And I need you to know that. Right. Like I need you and somebody else to know that this woman has me all the way fucked up. Um, and so that was my last straw. You know, it was more so like, they are in a position to to need me. I'm running projects. I'm I'm the one who's managing people to get them to make millions and to save millions of dollars. I'm the one identifying interruptions in their processes. I'm the one that they call when something is broken and they don't know how to get it fixed. I'm the one that they're looking to when it's time to to do performance reviews and all of those things. So for me, it was more so like, you know, I am not your cotton picker. I'm just not her. Um, and I'm not the one to sit and bow down to your conformities and, 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 and walk the way you want me to walk and talk the way you want me to talk and move the way you want me to move. So in my head, I was done. I was absolutely done, but I learned so much in corporate America. And so I didn't want that to go in vain. Right. And so my mission at that point was let me teach my community how to run their businesses like corporate America does, because oftentimes we start these businesses and we're moving and grooving and, and we just don't know how to manage or run or operate the business. And because I've been helping corporate America, I like to call it white America, run their businesses and operate and save money. I decided I'm going to do that for my people. And and that's where Global Limitless Solutions came. Um, and so, yeah, that was my last straw, y'all. I was done with them. And you know what? I would have, I would, I would say slid over to her desk, but we ain't in the office. But I would have paid that. We, I'm in a whole different state. Listen, <laughs> you, you, you know, you got me fucked up, right? <laughs> like she needed a right. check because she was trying to check you. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so glad. In real life, look, 
I had to grow <laughs> my ego. You know, I, I, you, I, I had to let the ego chill out for a little bit. I had to let her look crazy on the call, you know, and everybody was like, everybody looked at her like she was just a mean girl. Right. So I, I, I honestly do think it benefited me in a way. Like sometimes we do just have to sit down and check our ego. What she don't realize is that y'all need me heifer. So when I'm gone, you going to be looking like where's Lupe, where's she at, where's she go, you know? And so for me, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, with, with checking my ego because sometimes some dumb shit just don't even need a reaction. You show sure, right because I was gonna say you should have beat her ass. Uh, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, you were right. I wanted to. Don't give her shit. Let her sit over there and figure it out. So I'm so glad that you Listen. talked about wanting to financially educate our people, and you talked about what encouraged that and why you want that to happen in our community. Because you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like why is financial literacy? And we know this, we didn't know that the basic answer to this question, but I want you to take a deep dive because there's so many things that yes. we don't know about in investments and 401ks and CDs and all of that stuff. So why is it important for us to actually pay attention to these things? Because I'm going to keep it real with you. I have a 401k and they be sending me mail and shit, but I don't open it because I don't understand none of the shit that's in there. Right. I agree. Listen, I love that you said that. So many of us do. It wasn't until I got into the financial industry that I really started paying attention to my personal finances. And it's just very simple. Like, if you want to play a game, if you want to go out and if you want to play football, if you want to play checkers, if you want to play any kind of game, whether it's a board game or a professional sport, you have to know the rules of the game. Right. And oftentimes we don't know the rules of the game. Money is a tool. Money is a tool to wealth. And if we're not paying attention and using the tool wisely and the way that it's supposed to be used, then we're not going to get anywhere. It's like we're hustling backwards. Right. And so it's so important that you know the rules of the game and teaching the rules of the game is my protest. Right. I realize that you know, as all of this unrest in the world is happening, I applaud everyone who is on the front line. I often cry and tear up when I watch the protest and when I see everybody out there because I'm like, y'all are doing this for me, me and my babies. Like, I, I really get so excited, but I'm just not that person. Like, I believe that protest is, is helping, it's causing awareness. Um, it's bringing attention to the things in our lives that are serious and we want people to pay attention, but I wanted to provide a solution. Um, and so I was trying to find, you know, what is the problem? And honestly, between the black community and the white community, there's too big of a wealth gap, right? Between the Asian community and the black community, there is too big of a wealth gap. And for me, my solution is closing that wealth gap and teaching the rules of finance. Um, there's little rules and tricks that we don't understand. Like, for example, oftentimes we think that because we're saving in a savings account, because we're putting our money in savings and we're disciplined at savings, that we're doing a good job. You are if you're disciplined enough to save that money and not take the money from your savings and move it to your checkings when you're in the target uh line trying to get something extra because you think it's an emergency, right? So no, you are doing a good job. Did I did I did I did I did I did I trigger something? 
and they trans they connect to each other right they connect to each other and that's a problem and so i started to realize you know what what is what is the what are the white people doing? What are the Asian people doing? What are they doing to make their money work for them? Because you know my favorite thing to do is go drive, get in the car, and drive around in the rich, rich neighborhoods where you see all them big houses. I I can get an orgasm from driving around looking at houses like oh I'm about to be right there I'm about to be right there right somehow I know <laughs> that they got there though right <laughs> they got there and so when when you realize that your money is just sitting like when you put your money. In in a savings account, that money is just sitting there. It doesn't grow any interest. It doesn't grow for you. And so you have to put yourself in a position where not only are you disciplined enough to save it, but you're disciplined enough to save it in accounts that are not connected to your checking account so that you avoid your habits, right? And you have to be disciplined enough to save it in places that it's growing for you. If you're getting a high percent return on investment, if you're getting high interest rate, then at that point, that $200 that you put in is growing for you. So while you're working and you're putting that money in, your money is working for you. So I like to say, I want my money to be working while I'm on vacation, right? And that's how you do it. You make sure you have your money sitting in the right places. So with investment firms, um, in the global economy, investing in mutual funds is so important as well because those are yielding you a higher return on investment than just putting your money in a savings account, right? We talk about the rule of 72. The rule of 72 was created by Einstein. It tells us how fast our money doubles. Why the hell wasn't that taught to us in high school? On purpose, on purpose. I agree with you. Yeah. On purpose. I absolutely agree with you. I believe it was taken and technically it's not necessarily hidden, but if you think about the concept ignorance is bliss, if you don't even know it exists, why would you go research it? Right? You don't yeah. even know it's there. So so the fact that it's simple for us to find it, but people are not giving us this knowledge and telling us, look, if you want to close the wealth gap. Stop doing the, the traditional things that we've been accustomed to do. The white people told us to do this shit this way, but they ain't doing it this way. They're doing it a whole different way and they're making their money work for them. Yeah, they're working, but their money is working for them too. So if, imagine if you could start doing that and yielding interest, like your 401k, it's the same thing. When you put money in your 401k, the company matches the money you put in. They have that money in investment. They have that money in the global economy, meaning that that money is getting you interest. I started my 401k when I was 19 years old. My 401k now has about 85000 dollars in it. And I still call my uh, financial advisor and I say, hey, look, can we tweak this a little bit? Can we move this around and put this in the right places so that it's growing even faster? Three clicks, boom, boom, bam, 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 bam. My money grew. And if I didn't call him, I wouldn't have known. I would have still been allowing the company to manage it, still been allowing still been allowing it to grow very slowly. And so the fact that you you learn and just study finances will put you in a whole different situation. It will put you in a position where you can work smarter and not harder, right? Yeah. And, you know, you touching on, you know, money is a tool to wealth. You know, there's a 
total wealth gap, which I totally agree with. There's all like Asians, they got the beauty supply stores, they got all this stuff that they have, you know, they're constantly making money. White people, for some reason, they just got money. <laughs> people in my family, we always be like, white people just got money. And you're right. So what do you think is the biggest mistake people make with their money? Or what do you think is the biggest mistake, even with small businesses that they make with their money? And what can we do to mm-hmm. combat that? I think that I have a couple big mistakes. I think the first biggest mistake is um, not paying yourself first. So oftentimes we're in the way we as a community have been raised is we get the scraps of our labor. So we pay our our mortgage first. We pay our lights first. We pay our bills first. We buy groceries. We pay that damn car note first. We pay our student loans first before we ever even put money into our savings account, right? Or into our investment account. We pay everybody first. And we can't call them to say, hey, I'm in an emergency. Can I borrow a thousand dollars? Our electric company going to be like, bitch, like, why are you calling me? Right. And so, OK, I think you over there in the dark. That, <laughs> <laughs> right. You go, the lights don't get turned off. Uh, and so, you know, I think our biggest mistake is that we're not paying ourselves first. We are in such a deficit mindset that we think that we only get to get the the leftovers of our labor. Nah, you work for two whole damn weeks and you gonna pay everybody else before you even think to pay yourself, right? And so I think that's one of our biggest mistakes. I think our next biggest mistake is thinking that we should save instead of invest. Investing in yourself is going to get you a long, long way. And is it a gamble? It is. But imagine investing in yourself and putting money away and investing that money or just even investing in like um, trainings and curriculums. We will we'll go buy bundles before we buy a training. Right. And it's crazy to me because that's not going it's going to help your outside, but it's not going to help your your personal development. So I think that's the second mistake. And the third mistake is that we're not leaving behind any generational wealth. So life insurance, we're getting killed at the highest rate of any any other race. We are getting murdered. We're killing ourselves. We're 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 getting hunted basically and we are not leaving behind any wealth when we pass away to our children to their children to their children because we're not protected with life insurance and or if we are protected we think oh i have it through my job so i have enough that means we $25,000 is not going to leave wealth behind for your children because a burial cost is anywhere between 10 and 15 so what are you going to leave your children 10,000 what are they going to do with that money they're not going to do, they cannot do really anything with that money, right? They're not going to be able to live for long and they still have to grieve your loss. And so the fact that we're being hunted, we're being killed, we're being, we're killing each other. We're just dying. COVID, I just heard you guys uh, in your segment about COVID, but we're not taking precautions to prepare ourselves for the one thing that is certain in life and that is death. Imagine if, a, if imagine if um, a black family decided that they were going to all get life insurance. And my mom got life insurance on me. I got life insurance on my mom. My mom got life insurance on her. And I have life insurance on me. And we all have life insurance on our children. If anything happens to us and we have enough coverage, I now have enough money to not only pay for burial costs, but also have money to pay off mama's house that she bought and still keep it in the family. And in addition to that, I have a family trust where some of that money goes into the trust 
for a certain amount of time. And now that money is also collecting interest. And my kids can live off the interest of that money. Now imagine the next family member passes away. Their money, we do the same thing. And part of that money goes into the trust. Listen, my last name, your last name, and, and the family that does that will never, ever be broke. It will never be broke. And this is how the Trumps are winning. And this is how the Hiltons are winning. And this is how the Kardashians are winning. But we'd be so mad at them. Like, how do they got wealth? Why? Because they're leaving it behind every time somebody in their family goes. And while they're alive, they're putting it in the right places so that it's working for them. And you are dropping some jewels right now. I just want to say, because I'm over here listening and taking notes myself. Another thing, just to, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> another thing, another thing about that is that when we do, when black people, that's what I'm talking about. When we know about something, we don't help each other. Like white people help each other. Mm -hmm. Asians help each other. You know, Hispanic and Latinos, they help each other. They live together. They do everything that they can to help yep. each other, which of course there's a lot of things embedded in our history, which is why we don't, but it's so hard because we don't help each other in, you know, provide and share information. So I feel like that's another reason yeah. why we're so you know, behind and why we can't, you know, get what the Kardashians have. So we only thing, I guess we feel like only thing left that we have is to just sit back and say, dang, I wish I had that. or I wish I could do that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Anessa hit on something perfectly. There are systematic reasons as to why we are not built like that today. It started with slavery. They separated us on purpose, if you had lighter skin, you were in the house, if you were darker skin, you were on the field, and that created that type of crab in a barrel mentality that a lot of us have. And it just trickled down. I mean, obviously we're not slaves anymore, but it just trickled down from generation. Like you're you're taught not to trust your brother. Don't trust that other slave. Yeah. You know, it's just it's yep. just it's so much it, there's so, so many much. layers, so many layers to this as to why we're not here. But to switch gears a bit, you spoke a lot and you gave a lot of terms that a lot of us aren't really familiar with like 401ks, Roths, mutual funds. Can you just give us a real quick high level breakdown of what that is? How can we access that? And if we want to start building financial wealth for the future, what is our first step? Yes, I love those questions. So let's start with your 401k. So your 401k, and there's different variations of a 401k. Sometimes we call them like a 403b if you're working for the state. Um, and so there's different types of, these are basically qualified retirement plans, right? So these are offered by your employer. Um, if you are a business owner and you have employees, you can also elect to have a qualified plan that you contribute to and your employees contribute to. Um, if you are at work and you are a W-2 employee, I highly suggest that you take advantage of your 401k because your company usually is matching you. So if you are putting money into your 401k, your company will match that contribution, meaning that if you put $100, they put $100. So now you have $200 going into this retirement plan that you have for yourself. Um, that's a benefit, right? The one downfall with the 401ks or any qualified plan that is provided by your job is that when it's time to retire, because these are pre-tax dollars going into the 401k, meaning it's before you get your check and before Uncle Sam has touched it, 
That means when you're ready to retire and pull out of your 401k at the age of 65, Uncle Sam is going to tax that money, right? And so I encourage that you also have an outside retirement plan, right? And one of those outside retirement plans that you can get yourself into and that we offer is a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is going to be the same thing. It's a retirement plan. It's a retirement account that you can contribute to. But the good part about this is it's not attached to your job, right? Because if you leave your job or if your job leaves you, you no longer get that match, right? With your Roth IRA, you do. You get to keep it. It's yours. It follows you the whole time. And you're putting in pre-tax dollars, meaning Uncle Sam has already touched the money that's going into your Roth IRA. So what this means is, is that when you're ready to retire and pull out money from your Roth IRA, it's going to be tax-free to you. So imagine if you have both going at the same time, a 401k and a Roth IRA, when you're ready to retire, now you can dip into your Roth IRA first and deplete that fund tax-free. And then as you get older, then you can start dipping into that 401k that you saved up while you were working. Um, mutual funds. Mutual fund is basically um, a portfolio of stocks. So you would have, let's say, for example, a sh- some shares in Apple, some shares in um, Android, some shares in Instagram, some shares in Facebook, and that is called a portfolio. And that portfolio is a mutual fund, right? So it's multiple shares in stocks in different companies. Um, Mutual funds are really good because let's say, for example, that Apple decides that, you know, they go down um, in stock. Your portfolio is still okay because it's being held up by all of those other companies that are doing a really good job. If you start investing into individual stocks, that's great. Um, But individual stocks come at a little bit higher of a risk because if you're only investing in Apple and Apple goes down, there goes your portfolio. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and I I think one last question you asked was, where do you start? And so I would say connect with a true investment firm. Um, I can help with all of the things that I've mentioned, but really putting your money in a place where it's gaining interest for you. I would start there, making sure you have three fundamental accounts. Um, Your first fundamental account needs to be for just emergencies, right? COVID is an emergency. So many times we don't even realize that we're either in an emergency, just coming out of an emergency, or on our way into an emergency, right? And we got to dip into our mortgage or our rent in order for us to to have an emergency fund. But real life, we should have a set aside three months of income that is only for emergencies, right? Where I can dip into that COVID, COVID, we're about to go back into shutdown, right? Do we have three months of income in, in case they start furloughing us again? In case they start letting us go again, do we have three months of income that is just for that, right? So your emergency account is so important. Um, your next account is your short-term account. This account, you want to have at least six months of income in, right? Because that six months of income is growing for you at a high interest rate. Then when you're ready to go buy your house 
when you're ready to go um, start your business, you don't have to go get a business loan, right? You already have the money for yourself. When you go to buy your house, you already have your down payment. You don't need down payment assistance, right? So your short-term account is extremely important. And then the last one is making sure you have that separate retirement plan that's growing for you. Um, so when you're ready to retire, you can retire in a good place. I refuse to be 65, walking into work, asking people for time off. I refuse to be 65, talking about, oh, I still got two more years of work. I got two more years to clock in, right? I'm retired at 65 with some life <laughs> and with some money. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> so that's right. what I would say. That's where we, we need to start. And then most importantly, check out how expensive or sorry, not expensive, inexpensive life insurance is for pe for you and your family. Oftentimes we think that it's just so expensive and it's just another bill. We don't realize that life insurance is an asset. Um, we insure our cell phones. We insure our cars before we even leave the lot. The car place is going to tell you, the dealer is going to say, you need, you need car insurance, right? But it's so silly that we'll decline insuring our lives. Like imagine yourself as a toaster and every time you push that toaster button down two weeks, money pops up, right? Would you insure the damn toaster? But we won't insure ourselves, right? But we are the toaster. So it's just very interesting um, as a community, oh, our thought process, right? <laughs> it's so interesting. I've had people deny me all the time when it comes to life insurance. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? It's, it's very, our mindset is very interesting. And I, I think it's just what we've been accustomed to. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. That's where I would start. And, and that's how you become financially free. And that's how you start leaving, a, leaving generational wealth. Um, technically, I am currently, and I don't plan on having this, this, this statistic for a long time, but I'm worth more dead than I am alive right now. And I'm okay with that, right? As I continue to build that income, it'll match and it'll get, it'll get different. But, you know, it's important to make sure that you, you're setting yourself up for success and setting your generations and generations and generations after for success. Now, don't be telling everybody else that now, like, y'all don't come after Lupe because y'all want some money. Uh, don't to come her. after me, look, they, listen, <laughs> I, got them, I got them pistols. They go, I'm going to go down with a fight. I stay protected in every, in every realm. I am very That's protected. Right. They don't want that over here. <laughs> and you know what? When you were talking about the 401ks, you're not lying because both of my parents are retired. And when both of them retired, they were surprised that the money that they retired with got taxed. I'm talking 30, 35%. 40%. It's like 30, yeah. 40. Yep. Yep. So my yep. dad, he had well over six figures in his retirement account back in 2012. And he's still living on that money today, but he's running out. So he yep. thought he saved enough, you know, to get him through, you know, the rest of his days. However, he was taxed so hard. He didn't get all the money yep. that he had worked for. So this is very, very mm -hmm. good information. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't know that I have a 401k that I don't even look at because I don't understand it. I see that my company's putting money in there. And every time I'm like, oh, okay, okay, come on company. But at the same right, time, I'm right. like, what, what do I do with this investment? 
like, well, how do I make, you know, this $20,000 turn into $160,000? So this is very, very good information that you're giving us. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of us need way more breakdown than this. I know I do. And we don't have the time, of course. But how can someone start by getting a financial advisor? Well, first of all, do you even think that that's a good idea to get a financial advisor? What if we're just broke, broke, but we want to manage money in the future? Should we hire somebody now or just wait till we have a little bit of something to invest? Yeah, well, look, the the it is absolutely the best idea in the world um, to start having a financial advisor. Um, my company actually provides financial advisory for absolutely free as long as you're locked into your life insurance policy. Um, people are paying, you know, little as $20 um, a month for life insurance and then investing $200 a month into themselves, right? Our, our motto is buy a term policy and invest the difference in yourself. So we are only providing the life insurance policy to protect your income while you're growing your income. Our job is to make sure that by the time, right, like we don't want you to pass away early. We want you to live long enough to see the fruits of your investment, right? And so our job is to get you to retirement with a lot of money. Um, and so I think the, the, the biggest issue is that people think that that it's expensive or that they can't afford it. But, you know, if we just adjust it a little bit, if we if we didn't go to Starbucks five days out of the week, you know, or two days, two days out of the week, three days out of the week, we could find the extra thirty, forty dollars to protect our family with life insurance and then also save one hundred dollars a month into our investment account. Did you know that seventy five dollars a month at nine percent return on investment and the economy has been averaging for the last 10 years about nine percent return on investment will leave you with two hundred and twenty two thousand in thirty five years. But that's crazy. Seventy five dollars a month. And we we don't even you know, we don't even consider that when I leave the house, I'm spending seventy five dollars a day. Right. That's why I like COVID. It's done save my budget, it kept me my ass at home. Um, I don't have to go out. I don't have to leave the house. I just stay home. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think it's just a matter of changing our thought process and identifying what's truly important. You absolutely do not have to wait. I urge you to find a financial advisor. I am here. Um, my team is always here to assist and help um, and to make sure that you guys are protected um, and make sure your income is protected and to also make sure that you are investing so you can retire with a fat, fat, fat ass check. So y'all heard her. That means no more liquor, no more Ace of Weed, no more cigarettes, <laughs> no more hookah. T take that $75 that you're going to save from all of that bullshit and put it towards investing into your future. Listen, and they, they can still do that. Just not as, not as much, right? <laughs> moderation, moderation. <laughs> so with all of your all of your knowledge <laughs> and experience that you have in, you know, financial literacy. Do you have courses that you have set up or where can we learn and, and you know, have gained yes. more information from you and pick your brain? Like, do you have courses or seminars or what are you doing to be able to, you know, I do. Help I, do. I have free financial meetings. 
um, financial freedom meeting. Um, my link is available on my um, Instagram. It's encourage life. It's E N and then courage life. Right. Um, and so if you click the link in the bio, you can find my calendarly um, and and schedule yourself a free financial meeting. Um, my phone number, if you call me, we can get you scheduled on the calendar with a free financial freedom meeting as well. Um, my phone number um, is 657-231-8218. Um, and so if you give me a call, we can get you guys scheduled. Um, my email is also encouragedlife at gmail.com. Um, we can get you scheduled. And so these free financial meetings, they actually teach you everything that I talked about. We also look into what life insurance looks like for you and your family. Also talk about how much you need to be saving for retirement. Um, we give you a, a FIN number. This goes to tell you, you know, if I want to retire at 55, well, what does that look like? How do I GPS my way so I get there? Right. And so that free financial freedom meeting provides all of this information that we talked about today and it customizes it for you personally um, with your current income, your current budget. And we take a real good deep dive and a look at where are you and how can we get you where you want to be. Lupe is Robin Hood slash Harriet Tubman. She's trying to get all, all us niggas to freedom. Hey. Oh, please. <laughs> Hit her up. I plan on attending a financial course because a bitch, a bitch need. Okay. And we all should just <laughs> want to stop being comfortable with having nothing. Yes. You know, our family members die. Amen. Amen. We we go out and get GoFundMe's because we don't have life insurance and all of that other shit. Yep. Start investing into your future, especially if you have children. You should want them to have a decent life should you no longer be here. You should want a decent life yep. for yourself while you're here. We don't have to struggle. I know a lot of us are in situations and in jobs where you... you your literal check literally is for all of your bills, but somehow make some adjustments. Even if you're saving $5 a check, because that's what I used to do when I was in college. I was making like $7 an hour. I called myself saving when that's where I started, $5. And I eventually got up to 500 So it it's a way for us to do this. You just have to want to do it. You got to put the work in like... They've put the work in. We have been ignorant to this type of education for years, but right now we don't have any more excuses. There's people out here like Lupe. There's other financial advisors, Black people that can put you on and are wanting to put you on. You just have to take that initial step and decide, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be poor. I don't want my kids poor. You know, I, I want my kids to be like the Hiltons and and just have wealth because- isn't that all isn't that the american dream like isn't that what we all want like, you know what i mean hey, like, hey, real life <laughs> you don't have to be broke you don't have to be broke there's so many resources free resources yeah. please take a hold and lupe has a yes. free course that we can all take which is awesome because all of us like me can't afford nothing but i can afford to go online for free now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lupe, thank you so much for being on our show. I feel like we could talk for about 45 more minutes and get way in depth in this shit because honestly, 
I would like to have a financial literacy show where we're just going down from list to list to list to list of all the stuff that we can do. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) but if you guys have more questions (laughs) yes Lupe is always here so hit her up on her social media it's encouraged life we're gonna tag her on our social media so you'll be able to find her because like she said it is spelled a little different so you might not be able to find it but we're gonna have all of her information in our show notes in uh, our Instagram and all of that stuff so you guys can go out and help yourselves because now is the time you know we didn't came through a shitty ass year it's time to level up level up level up level up level up level up I can't even say it Thank you so much, Lupe, for being uh, a part of our show today. You are awesome. You drop so many jewels and so much knowledge and information. And I'm just so glad that we have someone in our community, in our space to be able to share the knowledge and information and also do it for free on on your different platforms. So thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show. I have so many more questions. We could talk for a good 45 more days, not 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Listen, I am here to walk you, um, Dana, through the whole process. I cannot wait to talk to you guys one-on-one. I thank you guys so much for sharing your community with me. Now that we know this information, I believe that it's not only our job, but our responsibility to make sure that our friends and our families and our community knows this information. Because we're always talking about how Black lives matter. But when it comes to actually providing a solution, we don't know what that looks like. And so now that you guys know it, now that you've heard it, we got to spread the word. And so I am just so honored to be here today. And I thank you, ladies for creating a platform and cultivating a platform where we can be honest, where we can be real, where we can show our asses off, right? Where we can show our talents and and everything that we've learned. So if if you guys ever need me and if you want me on again, I'm always here, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you, Lupe. And now when y'all go get y'all Thank free you guys. course, when y'all go get y'all free yes. course from Lupe, yes. You turn around and you pay her for any additional services, okay? This ain't we ain't, we ain't, we ain't leaving our sister hanging, okay? Right. So when she gives you this advice and you go and look for somebody else to advise you, pay Lupe, mm-hmm. please do. Um, again, Lupe, thank, that. You. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you guys. Cheers to you. You guys were great. I was like, okay, just push this conversation along. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. You guys were great. I appreciate you guys so much. Happy Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's time for the break room. It's the break room. It's the break room. What your brain do? Girl, we finna spill all the tea. Hey, hey, it's the break room. What your brain do? It's the break room. All right, y'all. Well, let's take a break and move on over to the break room. So much to unfold and talk about. Usually, I start off by talking about the Real Housewives, but I'm gonna save that for last. And go through, you know, some hot topics here. So there will be a Super Bowl, crazily um, enough. Isn't that crazy? There's going to be a Super Bowl, y'all. Now, I don't know if people are going to be in the stands with COVID going on. We talked about this in the water cooler. Like, we still try to, and of course, you know, the Super Bowl is in February of 2021, but still, it's still too close to home. (laughs) 
but it is going to be a Super Bowl on February 7th in Tampa, Florida. Girl. Uh, which was, which is where the epicenter was, but okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and the thing is, the weekend is set to perform at the, at the Super Bowl halftime show. Do we care though? I mean, I don't really. I only know probably one of his songs, maybe two. I'm not really that interested in the weekend. So I actually am a fan of his and I like his music, not his later music, but his early, early. I'm talking about House of Balloons music. But this is stupid. And I feel like if it wasn't COVID, they wouldn't have asked him. If it wasn't so many black people protesting the NFL right now, they wouldn't have asked him. So yeah. this is probably going to be boring. I don't want to hear about this man singing about being on drugs. Like that, yeah. like the Super Bowl halftime show is supposed to be hype and all his music is like, I'm not interested. I don't want to be And them white people going to be so motherfucking confused. They going to be up in there like, what type of nigger music is this? While they sitting in the stands catching Corona, girl, right, taking their mask off to sing and shit. Oh no, no, but I guess shout out to the weekend. I don't like. I said I'm not. I'm not really that interested. But if you are, watch the Super Bowl. Cowboys ain't going, so I ain't really that interested anyway. Because the Cowboys suck. I ain't interested um, in the NFL at all. I've been fucked <laughs> off the NFL since y'all turned y'all backs on Colin. Sorry. Hello. So let me see if you know where, where which line this is from, friend. Get your shit and get out. Girl. <laughs> I fire to all the clothes that I put in the car. Waiting to exhale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, y'all. So, Waiting to Excel, Terry McMillan, who is the author of the book, Waiting to Excel, announced this week that Waiting to Excel will be a series. Like, what? Uh, Produced by Lee Daniels. And I think that is so dope because, hold on, I love me some Waiting to Excel. Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, uh, Loretta Devine. Uh, Baby, that was... Baby, the, the movie, down. the movie, a classic. And we had I, no business watching that shit, girl, at all. But now, you know, as a grown person, baby, you can sit and get you a glass of wine and really enjoy waiting to excel at you know in your late twenties and thirties. So I'm interested. To, I'm interested to see how a series will go, and I really hope that they do it justice. Because I like okay, so Soul Food did good. You know, Soul Food had the movie, and then they also had a a really good show series that went on for seasons and seasons it was really good but hopefully Wayne Excel can do you know do it justice do a series justice I can't wait to watch this honestly I like Anessa said I love the movie I was probably like eight watching this my mama had it on VHS and I used to rewind and play it again okay <laughs> with your leather wearing in the summertime ass <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am so here for it. And to hear that Lee Daniels is behind it, I know it's going to be a lot of drama and a lot of stuff to see. So I'm going to give it a season's worth of chances. If he on here with that bullshit, 
Girl. I'm going to have to pass, sir, because you totally fucked up Empire. Empire. But if this is going to be the type of show that I'm hoping it's, you have a watcher. You have a watcher in Dana. Yeah, I was going to say, Lee Daniels, please don't mess this up with the foolery. Don't be all extra and take it to the extreme like how you did with Empire. Because I had to stop watching Empire. It got too unrealistic. Like, keep it realistic. Keep it, you know, Terry McMillan, I feel like, is going to be involved. So I don't think she's going to, you know, let him take it to the extreme in any and type thank of way. God. Shout out to Terry McMillan. She's one of my favorite authors. She's written yeah. a lot of books that have been turned into classic black films. So shout out to Terry McMillan. And I'm so glad that she's a part of this project. Cause yeah, Lee will take yeah. Leah, Leah have a uh, Whitney Houston character die and come back in a plane crash or some stupid shit like that. Girl, he'll bring a hologram or some type of shit, child. I don't know. But yes, I'm so excited for that. Don't know when that is going to air or when, you know, if they've even started filming. But of course, we will keep you guys updated on that. Now, my used to be man, because I got a new man now, child. Chris Brown has. <laughs> Y'all should see Dana's face. <laughs> Chris Brown, me and Chris Brown have, we moved on from each other. He got him, he has a, a girlfriend. I have me a man. We both got kids. So we. His we girlfriend is Coke. <laughs> Don't okay. No, I hate when people say that. I know that's sad. But y'all, Chris Brown has an OnlyFans. And it is a $20 subscription child. What, so see, what you doing? Are you home? <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, let me think about this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody had tweeted and said, Are you um showing your paintings or are you gonna be showing a little something else? I just need to know something real quick. Let me see something real quick. <laughs> oh my god, have times gotten that bad for y'all celebrities since y'all can't tour? Y'all need to find other ways to make money like that's crazy. But hey, I can't knock the hustle. We all trying an extra avenue to get a dollar. Well, you know, Chris Brown don't need a dollar because, you know, all these I think that's just the, the new thing. And I mean, the thing is, their fans are going to do it, especially these younger, these young kids. They're going to they're going to do it. They ain't, they don't have no kids and nothing to worry about. So they gonna pay for it. So they like, hell, why not? And uh, Cardi B has only fans, too. And she definitely don't need the money. Chris Brown don't need the money. These people don't need the money. I think they just doing it just to I don't know why, why they're doing it. I guess it is for another check. I don't know, but... Girl, do you know how much cocaine is a day in this pure farm? <laughs> Stop! That man is over Leave there. He gotta, come, he gotta come up with a cocaine budget, a cocaine in, <laughs> income. You know what? I'm not, <laughs> let me shut up. Let me stop fucking around. I'm just playing, guys. I am just playing. <laughs> no, but shout out to Chris Brown. Um, y'all let me know if y'all get a subscription. Send me your login. And um, not send me your login. Bitch, <laughs> you ain't gonna pay for it. <laughs> you gotta no, use somebody else. <laughs> Just like I've been asking y'all about Zeus, I need y'all to go ahead and send me that login because I love some Chris Brown, but I ain't paying you $20, sir. I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too done. Um, anyway, so I know we've been saying every break room that there's not a lot of music to listen to, but this week a lot of new music came out. Um, where people announced that they were having new music. So or 
that they announced that they were coming out with new albums. So Meg Thee Stallion came out on Instagram and said that she is dropping a new album on 1120 called Good News. She said, we need some good news in our lives with all the bad news that's been going on, I guess. Amen. Touche for her because she got a lot of bad news going on too, Chad. So I guess she just came out with good news. So I feel like Meg Thee Stallion just came out with an album. Am I tripping? Because you, I don't, I mean, I listen to her, you know, but. I'm not those, really like a huge. Those are mis- mixtapes. So this is her okay, first. Those are mixtapes. Those, this is her debut album. Gotcha. And has she ever had a debut album or would this be the first one? This is the first one. The The last one that came out uh, that we were really, really on, I forgot what it's called. Was that last year or? That was last year. Was What's that song? Long, we was out. You know, my, my memory is terrible. But yeah, the last okay. thing she dropped really went up. But this is her first debut album. Okay. Well, shout out to Meg Thee Stallion. Like I said, her album comes out next Friday. So um, I'll be listening to give you guys my initial thoughts. But Friday, this past Friday, yesterday, 2 Chains came out with a new album. Two Chains, y'all. I love Two Chains. Now his last album that he came out with, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. I love that album. This album, he has a couple songs on there that I like. He really has a song that I like with BJ the Chicago Kid. I don't remember the name of it, but Two Chains came out with an album. Kodak Black came out with the album. I don't know if he came out with an album from Prison Jack. Last time I checked, I he was, was in jail. Say, is he still in jail? <laughs> That's from the last time I checked, he was still in jail. And then NBA Youngboy came out with a new album as well. And I feel like NBA Youngboy just came out with an album. I feel like that's the new thing, like come out with two to three albums a year. Because NBA Youngboy just came out with an album, but I don't like this one. And Kodak Black didn't do anything that really sparked my interest either. So, And if anyone cares, Michael Jackson's daughter, Paris Jackson, came out with an album too. I didn't see it on the New Music Friday list. So I probably... <laughs> <laughs> I probably zoomed past it. <laughs> but she says that she hopes her dad, you know, that she thinks that her dad would know that she's happy. So shout out to Paris Jackson and y'all let me know how that album is going because I'm not going to bother listening to it. I'm going to listen to it because I want to I wanna hear what she got to say. Like, <laughs> Don't come up here chatting. Maybe she got um some of his old beats or some. I don't know. I don't even know what her genre of music is. Honestly, I don't either. I think it's like rock alternative. Alternative, but I think it would be cool if she remixed one of her dad's iconic songs and it was actually good. And it was actually good. That's the asterisk on that. And it's actually good. And then you put it out. I would be interested in that. You blanket and um other other non Michael. That that's supposed to be a son. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But if y'all were to do something like that, I would so be into it because I know your dad would be proud of that. Yeah, and shout out to Paris for for trying to take the music route. Congratulations to her, and y'all can let me know on social media if y'all like if y'all like it. If y'all don't care like me. Moving on to Real Housewives world. Okay, let's talk about Real Housewives of Potomac real quick. And I'm just going to touch real quick on Real Housewives of Potomac because I got some, I, we got to talk about another a, another Housewives franchise, y'all, that just came out. So Real Housewives of Potomac, Dana is over here shaking her head. The ladies have sh- 
went on the plane and gone on to Portugal. Portugal. Why well, I can't say Portugal. 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 <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> I cannot say Portugal. I don't sound uh, ignorant. But Karen, of course, broke the news to her best friend, Monique. They went and had a sit down and she was like, she was so dramatic. She was like, so yeah, um, what's her name? Ashley invited us to um, Portugal and she did not invite you. And Monique was fine with it. You know, Danny, you talked about this. Like, I, you know, you said this. It's cool. They, they don't want to be around her. She don't really want to be around them. It ain't going to be awkward. So Monique was cool with it. But the whole episode, Karen, I was I was here for Karen and her getting on to Giselle because Giselle thinks her shit don't stink and it do. And she holds everybody up to this certain standard, but don't want to, but she doesn't want anybody to do the same for her. So they went, they got to Portugal the first night. They sat down at the hotel and had a dinner and Karen brought up with her glass of milk that she was drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Karen brought up the fact that, you know, we don't really know anything about your relationship with Jamal, Karen. I mean, Giselle, like, why don't you, you know, provide us with some information? You want us to talk about our men, talk about our families. You come up to us, you come up to us every other day with a uh, with some drama, but when we ask you about your man, it's, you know, pushed off the rug. So, Robin, her best friend, Giselle's best friend, agreed with Karen, which I noticed. So the dinner's over and Robin goes to the principal's office to Giselle and <laughs> Giselle was like, why didn't you have my back, Robin? Like Robin just supposed to sit here and kiss your ass and agree with whatever, you know, with whatever you say and not agree with them because it's not something that you wanted to hear. And I totally, I'm glad that Robin stood her ground and said, well, Karen is not all the way wrong. Actually, she she should have said Karen ain't wrong at all. Karen's right. right. And right. you are always holding everybody up to the fire, but you don't want nobody to do the same for you. So Giselle was like, OK, OK, I'm going to share my friends. Da, 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 da. So fast forward uh, to the end of the show. They have a sit down again and Karen brings it up again. I'm not going to even talk about old girl and her degrees because I'm so sick of her bringing that up. She brought that up. Wendy. Let it go. Wendy. Let it go. Let me just insert that in here. Let it go, Wendy. We don't care. She brought it up again at the end of the show and was like, I just I just do have to get something off my chest about my degrees. Wendy, we don't care. Okay. So moving on, Giselle made it a point to call Jamal. I don't know if Jamal called her on FaceTime or if Giselle called him on FaceTime, but basically she he called and she was showing everybody, hey, Jamal, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. Girl, first of all, I don't want to see your man through FaceTime. And Karen <laughs> lit her up and was like, it, it don't mean nothing to me because he's 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 your phone man, basically. Like, you dating him through the phone at this point. If the shoe was on the other foot, Giselle would be clowning any of these women for having a long-distance relationship. Well. Flat out. She would make it so messy. She would find a reason to say, oh, your man's not around. Da, da, da. So because she's getting this heat up there sitting at that table looking stupid with that stupid ass outfit on and that stupid ass head <laughs> looking like, beam me up, Scotty. Like she just looked like she about to transcend into space with that big ass unfitting Man, I, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to get on Giselle's clothes because we got more to talk about. But yeah, Giselle, get the fuck out of here. Like, like, like Anessa said, you hold your friends to one standard, but it's not okay if they come at you the same way. I'm over your fakeness. I'm over your fake first lady ass shit. 
I'm I will be over Jamal, but he 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 checked past uh uh Paula White this past week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So I was like, go past Jamal, let her know. But still, I uh, you're you just exhaust me. You're a disappointing fashion letdown. Your personality is a letdown because you're so beautiful, you're so talented, you have all of these other gifts, but you choose to be a messy bitch. And that's not cool. On top of the fact that you're a quote unquote first lady, you are just embarrassing yourself, your daughters, your man. You just look dumb. Bye. She's just a whole contradiction all around. So we'll continue to watch that. But I'm trying to make a a drum drum roll, (laughs) y'all. Andy Cohen has done it again. Let me just say this because... Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, Salt Lake City, y'all. I know y'all probably like, oh, I don't watch that. I told one of my friends, I was like, you gotta watch. I, I even told Dana, I'm like, Dana, you gotta watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And let me just tell y'all, I had no plans on watching this shit. No. Just- just because it was in Salt Lake City. I'm like, I don't have nothing to watch with these bitches. Oh, but boy, <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> Baby, shocked and and we should have known because Andy Cohen is such a genius. These women are characters. I don't know where he found these crazy ass women at, but the shit is classic. That's all I got to say. It tops every I think housewives, their their dramas, their everything. So what I will say, what I like about the show is that all these women, they have their own businesses. They're like self-made. The women are. They're not coming on here and living off of men and doing all this. These are like business owners. They got their shit together. Okay. Very admirable uh, women, honestly. Yes, they really are. But the show and the care, I'm calling them characters. I ain't calling housewives, y'all. They are hilarious. So the show is really hilarious because they're all trying to, Salt Lake City is a place full of Mormons. And I'm learning a lot because Mormons is this religion and they have all of these rules that they have to follow. But the thing is, it's a big contradiction because don't none of these women follow this because they all they all getting Botox. They all like black men. <laughs> probably. No, that's, that's just Heather. <laughs> well, that's just Heather. Um, they all they're just not you know, what a Mormon person would actually look like. So, And actually, the Mormon church just started allowing Black people to worship with them in the 70s. So yes. this is a very racist, rooted religion. Very racist. And I just learned that. I'm like, what? Like, y'all, it's crazy. Every time they, they you know, they trying to give us you know, the information about all the women every time they come up, they talking about their great, 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 great grandfathers that's looking like the man on a Quaker box. Y'all, <laughs> the stuff is hilarious. But anyway, let's go through this real quick. Me and Dana go go through it with y'all and give, give y'all opinions. So these women, I'm going to introduce y'all to these women. So we have Jen. Okay. Jen is Jen's married. My bitch. Jen, Dana likes Jen. Jen is married to a black man who is also a coach. I think he's the coach of University of Utah, so they got money. And Jen think Jen said that everybody in Salt Lake City thinks she's black. Now, I don't know how Jen people would think you black. When I saw you, I did not think you was black. But I don't know. What those what, pictures she was showing of her and her husband back in the day, she did look black. Well, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. She probably got her skin lightened to fit in with the the pale Utah bitches. I don't know. 
<laughs> but yeah, she's, I mean, I like Jen. I think she's going to definitely be like the Nene, the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how you, we'll see how she plays out. But then you got Heather. Dana was talking about Heather. Heather wants to be down. Okay. She likes per Jen. She likes spit rap music, rap verses, and she loves black men. Heather, my bitch. But <laughs> she can't because she's Mormon. Can't have sex with, I mean, I don't know what she's doing on the side, child, but. Oh, um, she, she getting some black dick. You think she getting some? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Heather and she Heather has she has her own she has her own beauty whole salon thing going on. She do beauty Botox and all that. Child. She got plenty of money. Then you got Meredith, who's just rich. She's a stylist to the stars, child. Um, then you got Whitney, who's a little dingy. She's married to a man twice her age, and they've been married for I think ten years. Is it? Mm-hmm. I like Whitney. I like Whitney too. I just feel like she's like a thingy, you know, white girl. She's like the Cynthia Bailey of the show, yeah, probably. She's probably the Cynthia Bailey of the show. Baby, she is stepping out. Okay. She she was they both her and her husband had an affair on both of his wife, her wife, and her husband. And the Mormons disowned her basically. But now her and her man is happily ever after. I don't know how much older he is than her, but he's a lot 18 older. Eighteen years. Eighteen years older than her child. It's a mess. But they and look cute together. They, they do. They look cute together. He, he don't look like, old or nothing. He looks like the man from the mask. When when you put the mask on and you turn into incredible. Oh, shut home. up. Shut up. <laughs> Hang up. Hang up. Get off the phone. <laughs> Y'all, he do to me. But I mean, that's it. But listen, <laughs> then you got Mary. Okay. Mary is representing for for y'all for y'all black people out there. No, she ain't. No, she ain't. No, the fuck, she ain't. <laughs> That's somebody, auntie, mama. I don't know y'all. Mary, she's black. She is a housewife. Okay, she is married to her step grandfather. <laughs> yes, I said it. Her step grandfather. Her grandmother put in her will that she wanted. This man, her her husband, to marry one of her girls is what she called it. Girl, bye. This is disgusting. But uh, go ahead, Anissa. She's also the head of a Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Church bringing down. Preaching Hallelujah. down. <laughs> 5th Street on 10th Street. Okay. Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, urinary Baptist. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all, she's Pentecostal and she's giving me Paula White vibes because I really feel like (laughs) (laughs) baby. I feel like she's faking and shaking. Cause I between her and Giselle, I don't know. They just they just playing with God. That's all I got to say. I was shocked to I was shocked to find out that she was a first lady. Like, what is your church? Now they did do clips of her church. It's a black church, which I'm shocked about again. What is this? First United only black church in utah sponsored by budweiser <laughs> like what are y'all doing i and you listening to this bitch now let me give mary her credit let me give all the the utah housewives their credit because these bitches can dress okay potomac take notes because whatever they doing over in utah they ain't doing over there in virginia these bitches were dressed down and mary was included when she first come on the scene i said okay bitch okay <laughs> but um 
her and um, I tell it like it is, and I um all this other bullshit. I I know she is going to be like the Kenya more of this show where yes. everybody fucking hates her, but she needs to be on this show so that there is some type of drama because, ma'am, your grandma did not tell this nasty man to marry one of his great his granddaughters nasty man and if she did she nasty too rest in peace but that this whole like like she said on watch what happens live because andy did talk to them afterwards she was like just let us do our thing and you know just let us be together because they've been together for 20 years so i guess be together this ain't none of my business but y'all still nasty bye it's very nasty, and I'm interested. To, she is going to be the Kenya Moore of the show, for sure. She already is getting on my nerves. And then you got, lastly, y'all, it's six it's six of these women. You have Lisa, who owns a bunch of tequila liquors. This lady, Filthy Rich, too. Uh, she claims she don't know Heather. That's going to be their storyline. She claims she don't know Heather, which is Dana's friend. Although they went to college together. But she swears up and down she ain't never met this lady before. I can't stand people like that. I don't like her for that reason. I do not like that. Like, don't sit up here and act like you don't know me or you. I, I guess we just have a different recollection. What I'm trying to say is y'all need to get y'all's life and watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It is filled with drama. It is filled with uh, a lot of entanglements. Okay. That's the 2020 way of calling this stuff because, baby, it's a lot of entanglements going on. And it's just so good. And the women, it's just... The women are hilarious, and I want y'all to stay tuned in because we're going to talk about it, especially since I got Dana to watch. Definitely a fun show to watch. Andy, bitch, you did that. These women are TV gold. So I can't wait to see what the rest of this TV is gold. like. You know, me and Anessa, we we really only watch the Black Housewives, but it's enough Black people on this show to be. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but for real, though, like, the Salt Lake City bitches are bringing it. So if y'all want to, go ahead and indulge because y'all are going to watch that first episode and be like, what the fuck? What the- exactly. I was, like, baffled. But it's so good. It's so good. Like, he... It's like... Like Dana said, TV gold. So you can catch that. I believe comes on every Wednesday at nine o'clock. Check your Bravo listings. Okay. Well, y'all, that's all I have for the break room. All right, y'all. Well, as you know, we'll be back next week with more shenanigans. Send us your fuck yous or your questions. We love that. Shout out to our guest today, Lupe, for coming with the stories and giving us so much knowledge that we need. Also, shout out to one of our listeners, Professional Hood Rat. Go look that up. Use offer code COWORKER20 to get 20% off of your purchase. Support that Black queen. Support Black queens everywhere. As a matter of fact, if you're listening to this, cash up a Black woman. Just send, just send any black woman a cash app because we are out here doing the thing. And not that's not to shit on the men. That's not to shit on our kings. But cash app a black woman today. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.